Welcome to the Countdown Podcast and our review of Drive Away Dolls. My name's Wayne. And my name is Paul. Straight with him. This brand new comedy road film directed by Ethan Cohen, one Cohen half brother. of the Cohen brothers. Yep. With a screenplay by he and his wife, Trisha Cook. It's produced by those two, Robert Graff, Tim Bevan, and Eric Fellner, and stars Margaret Qualley, Geraldine Viswanathan, Beanie Feldstein, Feldstein, sorry, Coleman Domingo, Pedro Pascal, Bill Camp, and Matt Damon. Matt Damon. And this one was released around the world just this last couple of days. We were very fortunate to get out to an advanced screen thanks to Universal Pictures and Tegan. Thank you very much for the invite. Thank you very there. much. Love a little cocktail to kick things off. And very the nice. There. This one's only 84 minutes long way. No word on the budget, which is very interesting. And hmm. obviously too early because we're recording early in the weekend for any word on how much it's making. Though I believe it was projected to make around $4 million from the 2,261 theatres it's opening weekend. Oh, okay. In North America. I mean, you know, Coen Brothers, Art House, you know. So, Wayne, what is it about? It is about uh, two lesbians who are in <laughs> search of... A, well, they're two ladies. They happen to be gay. Um, <laughs> that is a very, very well, true. deep cut reference <laughs> to From Dust to Dawn, I think. It's actually a little from Scarface. Okay. Remember when he's yeah. like, yeah, okay. Sorry, in search for, uh, of a fresh start, these two ladies embark on an impromptu road trip to Tallahassee, Florida. However, things go a little shitty when they cross paths with this group of inept a-hole type criminals along the way. Yeah, that's about it. On Rotten Tomatoes, 66% of 126 critic reviews are positive, but only with an average score of 6.1 out of 10. And on Metacritic, this has an average score of 58 out of 100, according to its weighted average, based on 40 critics indicating mixed or average reviews. Mm. Nothing about cinema score in terms of audience has been polled out because really it only opened around about 24 hours ago in the States. That's so. Yeah. We got it early. We did get a little, well, we got advanced screening. There you go. Yeah. All right, All mate, right. what did you think of Drive Away Dolls? Originally going to be titled Drive Away Dykes. <laughs> it was. I know, yeah. I know. Okay. Uh, I would say it succinctly like this. Fun in places, but ultimately disappointing. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I think it's nice that it's raunchy and adventurous and, and all that. Um, that's fine. I think that's actually a big departure from a usual Goen Brothers movie. You don't see so much overt kind of sexuality, uh, usually. This is a lot. This is very, like, blam, yeah. blam, blam. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Which is nice. <laughs> but it has a very similar vibe to Burn After Reading. Okay, so it is... some of their, like, even Raising Arizona's, of yes. the, you know... The tilt or the, the, the tone of it is Cohen-y, for sure. It's very absurd. Absurd. Also, like, it's, it's you know, it's kind of underlit. Kinda, you know, it's that, that whole thing that they do. Um, there's some funny bits in it, but it's not as funny as I expected. I think, ultimately, what got me was that I'm expecting certain things of a Cohen Brothers. I know it's Cohen, not Cohen Brothers, mm. right? But, like, he's of the ilk, so, I mean... <laughs> one half of them. He's one half of them. It should, like, I'm expecting kind of a Cohen brothers thing. What happens is, usually, what gets me about Cohen Brothers films, other than the fact that I don't usually like them the first time I see them, is that there's all kinds of zany situations that the characters get into, yeah. and it's kind of like, you know, oh, look at this shit, and that really didn't happen here. I think that... Everyone's doing a great job. I particularly like the lead girl. What's her name? Margaret Qualley. Yeah. I think she's the one who seems to get that she's in a Coen Brothers film and she's dropping all these very verbose lines and she's got this kind of action. You know, she's doing she's that. very southern. Very yeah. southern, but also funny. Like, I like her performance. Yeah, I'm a bit mixed on you don't her love? performance. I'm a bit mixed on this movie, to be honest. I'm very mixed on this movie. Mm. And it's very, very simple. I can explain why. Go on. 
the Cohen brother, I think the Cohen brothers, if I'm really fair, and it seems that one Cohen brother's wife, they have a very different brand of humor than what I respond to. Very different. I understand completely. I did not find, I think I chuckled twice in this entire movie. I just didn't find it funny. It was, I use that word very deliberately before, far too absurd for me. And it got more and more absurd the further it went. And I got more and more distance from it. And I think it's because I didn't really care about our two main characters. Yeah. I don't think they had a great chemistry. They're not, they're, they're meant to be friends. And the way the film goes, they kind of maybe could they, will they, should they develop something else? Didn't Did you buy feel it. that? Yeah, I didn't buy it either. Because I'm sitting there, like some people, some couples, you're like, you're hoping they get together or something, right? You're shipping them, yep. right? Um, I did not ship these people. The girl, the the lead, um, Quali, her name is Miss Quali. Yeah, Margaret Quali. So that's Margaret? that's Andy McDowell's daughter. Is it? Yeah. Love her. She's bringing all the color to the film, pretty Which much. Is quite deliberate. It feels like Marion. Yeah. It feels like she's played as being what we would say today, because this film's set in 1999, like she's on the spectrum. Yes. She's but- quite reserved and restricted in her emotions. And not just because she's, I mean, what I really liked about this movie, if I can fully flip yeah, very quickly, is yeah. their queerness, the fact that these are lesbian women, is never play with angst. Absolutely. It's, it's That's what normally you see, like, oh, you yeah, know. They're fitting no, in the this world. Is just, this, this is just, just their world. This is just their world and it's wonderful and everyone's happy and that was lovely. That's probably the best thing about yes. the film. What I would that was quite the relief, almost. Absolutely. Like, oh, please, not another. Oh, well, you know. To be honest with negative you, if it had done order. that, I would be very dim on this. Yes. Like, um, so but that part I liked. But Marion kind of being so. I mean, she plays the role well. Um, Geraldine. You, you know what? If I was her, I'd be, I'd be pissed at this role. It's such a fucking one note role. Yes, it is. It's barely one note. I would tell you, like, it's for real. It's just like lines because she's not doing anything with them other than dead panning. Exactly. It doesn't have to act very well, and she does what she can with it. But that's that's that. So yeah, overall, it just it starts in a certain way, and we'll get to that in spoilers. Mm-hmm. There's, it's quite a graphic scene at the beginning. Like, oh, okay, this is not what I was expecting. It's going to be a bit harder and a bit harsher, and and the like. Nope, <laughs> nope, that was completely totally out of place in the rest of the film, which was strange. Yes, exactly. And, and there's those moments throughout, and I fucking hated these interstitial psychedelic. What was that? Visions of Miley Cyrus and what did, did, did is that ever explained? Did uh, I? I think so. But I'll get to okay. That all right, all right. Well, on that point, like. I felt like it was kind of two movies. Like it was, it was like promising one thing with a bit of violence and stuff, but then it was like a comedy a that was girl comedy. Yeah, but and, then, and these movies are disparate; they don't yep. actually meld well together. And, and, and that's funny. the pro- yeah, not funny. <laughs> that's the problem with the show. So it's like because remember, like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? You I, love that movie. I'm very middling on that too. Right, but even when I laughed, it wasn't the ah ha, ha, laugh. It was more like, oh, that was clever, and I enjoyed it while I wasn't laughing as loud. So that oh man, we're in a tight spot. That kind of thing. <laughs> that always cracks <laughs> that me is up. The funniest bit of the whole movie. Well, yeah, but like, that, but even that is like undoubtedly funny. Whereas here, I'm like, um, okay, I guess that it's almost like you're breaking up the not dreariness, but the some whatever the problem with the movie is. I'm I'm thankful for a moment mm. of levity. That's not good. Yeah, it has to actually be funny if it's funny. And there were some very strange editing choices in this movie as well. Not just the way it transitioned from scene to scene. Sometimes mm-hmm. it skipped bits. I'm like, what? Eh? We're there now? Okay. Yeah. Oh, we're cutting away from that. I feel like a couple of shots there would have been... Anyway, so for me, the film didn't work. Me neither. But, and it seems like, to be my surprise, because all the early reviews I read were, were praising this film and giving it four stars. Yeah, because stars it's a Cohen. All these know, critics want to suck some dicks. And, and Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair is a little bit harsher on it than, than some of the other big publications were, but... Overall, people seem to really enjoy it. So I was buoyed this morning when co-host, one of my co-hosts on the well, co-host, another host of the Slasher podcast, yeah, yeah. Slasher's podcast, with uh, Jason, obviously from Injury, and Megan, Megan from yeah. Spoiler Piece Theatre. Megan is a queer 
woman yep. and she didn't like this movie either. Great. And she just said, you know what? It just didn't work for no, me. No, it's, and she said, I feel bad as a queer person not liking this movie. Really? But um, it just didn't work. No, I understand. And it's, again, like it's probably got very little to do with the fact that it's LGBTQ, whatever, right? Mm. It's more that does the film work as a piece and it, it didn't for me either. Mm. So there you go. Film. Yeah, I, I love the fact, again, I want to be really emphasized, I love the fact that this is front and center you know, LGBTQIA plus people. It's the most refreshing thing about yes. the film given that it's a Coen Brothers movie because that's one thing you really don't see everywhere else. Interestingly enough, before we do get to spoilers, which won't be very long, I don't think, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Ethan Cohen and his wife, Trisha Cook, she is a queer woman hmm. and they have this marriage which basically sounds like it's of convenience because they both have other partners. Really? Yeah. Legend. So, um... <laughs> Really? Yeah. So, so according is it, is to it polyamorous? Was it? I don't know. I don't know. Girl, but is she, is she cool. queer if she's got him as well? Is it not bi? I don't know. Okay. But this know. is how she identifies herself as that way. And the understanding was from the article that I read is I mean they don't sleep together. They are. They are. What? They love each other, but they're not in that kind of relationship, and they have those needs met elsewhere. So you know, progressive, different, and there you go. That's very impressive. I once had a dog and, like that. And, <laughs> <laughs> that is not. We loved each other, but we never slept together, Paul. So. <laughs> I reckon that's bullshit. I reckon he slept on your that's lap true. plenty of times. Yeah, he slept on my bed. But anyway. <laughs> um, anyway not to take offense to what Wayne said there, because I think it could. It totally could. I'm yeah. an offensive man. Yeah, but okay. like, I'm not I'm not drawing a parallel. I'm just making a dog joke. But anyway. Um, okay, Paul. <laughs> that's, that's... I thought that was very odd and different. Well, odd by our sensibilities, but wonderful that it's working could. for them. Absolutely. I think it sounds perfect. And they wrote this film together about 20 years ago, and it's gone through various iterations, including being called Driveway Dykes. And... They had various different people attached to to star in the role, and then it sort of got smaller and smaller and smaller. And eventually, they managed to push to get it made, and, and here is the result. So, if I could use this as a learning opportunity, Paul, uh, the term queer, what does it mean exactly? All right, well, I'm going to go straight to a apparently reputable source. It's okay. a multifaceted word that is used in different ways. It means different things to different people, but okay. it includes attraction of people to many genders, doesn't conform to cultural norms around gender and/or sexuality, and a general term referring to all non-heterosexual people, which is probably the one I would have led with. So it, you could kind of just okay, you take, uh, right. you yeah. So it could be any okay. I actually um, have dated a couple of girls like that. They don't actually identify with whatever gender it is. You just love people, yeah. And so I'm like, how refreshing and nice. There you go. All, All right. right. So that's our thoughts, initial thoughts at least on Drive Away Dolls. Let's get into spoilers. Neither of us particularly love the film. It's nope. not terrible. It's, it's obviously too well made and like to be a terrible film. Yeah. But it just didn't satisfy me on the. Uh, on a narrative scale or a comedy scale, so or even a buying to their relationship scale. Mm, All right, agreed. so on the other side of uh, this little particular soundbite, we'll get into the spoilers. You can't handle the truth. Uh, and the truth is that I don't think I, I love the Coen Brothers or brother as much as most people do. In the, I didn't no, like, I, I I didn't like Hail Caesar. I did like Burn After Reading, but I gotta watch that. Again. I only watched it once, so maybe I wouldn't like it as much on a second viewing. I'm, I'm I'm betting that I'll watch it. But like, Miller's like Crossing is still my favorite film. Miller's Crossing was a long time ago. I know, old brother and I. We don't you don't see why. I like mm. that one. I like Miller's Crossing. Uh, what's the other one? The uh, what oh, they? No Country for Old Men. Yeah, No Country the again. Spider bamboozling last fifteen. I'd minutes. never watch it again, but I I appreciate like that. Here's the thing: those things leave an indelible kind of impression upon you. Mm. Like you remember things about it. You remember what you thought about it. I'll forget this in two minutes. So that's why it's just meh. Yeah, I agree. All right, Wayne. Anything you want to say about the spoiler-filled plot? Well, okay, I'd like to talk about these transition scenes, Paul. Mm. Um, so I 
remember watching the film, kind of checking out a bit and like kind of just wandering. And then I see this boom, tick this like this like virtually thing, and I'm like psychedelic weird Austin colors. Powers shit. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm like, Except when Austin Powers did it, it did it for comedic effect. Exactly, and it was funny. It was. Now this, I'm like, yeah, and these ones were going for like a minute. Yes, and then Miley Cyrus turns up. What happened, Paul? Why is she there? Eventually, they seem to morph into being Matt Damon's character's visions of this sexual goddess slash being Miley Cyrus. Billy Miley Cyrus that he slept with as a much younger man who, for whatever reason, was taking. Plaster casts of the penises. Oh, she was the dick cast people. She was a dick cast person. Got it. And then somehow her selection of famous people's dicks gets in the hands of Pedro Pascal, which is how the film starts. Right. But, but that's never explained other than to say, and it came into this collector's hands. Like, okay. This. So why is he so worried about it? And how do I know he's got it? And, and oh, it's just. Yeah, this is why it doesn't ring true. It's like kind of big things. And I understand what he's doing as a, as a writer, right? He's like, we're the Coen brothers. We have odd concepts, right? So mm. he's like, and then, but the entire crux of that is, I'm a politician. These people take plaster molds of all of our cocks, me and other important men. Right? Whilst I was tripping balls. While I was tripping balls. Yeah. And now it's this collection of like, I guess you would say uh, prominent cocks. Yeah. Right? Prominent phalluses. Prominent phalluses. But it's not as though, like, if these, and his whole thing is if these get out into the open, it'll be like, How this guy's would cock. anyone Exactly. Know? It's like, hey, this is Matt Damon's cock. And it's like, oh, um, it might have been his cock fucking 20 years ago whenever this happened. But but also, why is that bad for you unless it's a really small cock? Plus also, which it wasn't. how are you going to prove it's his cock? Exactly. <laughs> if, if someone goes, hey, okay. Amazon. It's, look meant, it's meant to be absurd. Yeah, and it but, is. But it doesn't ring. It doesn't work. It's like, this is stupid. And the way that he's, like, his scene where he's like, these people, they do these things with our penis. I was like, uh, that was sort of funny. But none of that worked for me. No. Like, it needed to be something else. Like, so, I don't know. So then, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things that are very silly in this film. A lot. Yes. It's all playing out this this criminal sort of crime caper in the back. Not caper, that's not the right word. The chase. And so these other antagonistic sort of strong arm guys are getting in each other's face a lot through the course of the movie. And then out of the blue, one of them just blows the other one away. And kills their boss, and Colin Domingo. And then tries to kill the girls. Runs well, out of bullets. Yeah, he would have, he would have, I guess, because he runs out of bullets. And then he just runs away. And we never see him again. Dude, you don't have another clip? What's was, going on? I thought you were again, a fucking gangster. Very <laughs> stupid. So and then and then that's and he runs away instead of just killing him. Yep. I'm like but they're the witnesses. That's yeah. why you killed your boss. They're literally tied to a chair. This is it's that's why it's shit. Like I'm like no, this those needs things to be, just didn't. It work. wasn't written well. And I come back to the start of the film. It's Pedro Pascal who's got the phalluses in this briefcase, mm. you know, and you don't know what's in it. The first two thirds of the film, you don't know what's in, yes. in the briefcase. It's played off like Pulp Fiction. That's right. And I thought we were never going to find out what was in it. Ah, right. Pulp Fiction. But I guess that would have been too much a rip off even thirty years later. So mm-hmm. eventually they show it, and they show it in this ridiculous comedic over the way. Here are five or six, whatever there were phalluses in there. And then Margaret Qualley can't help herself because when she's managed to kind of convince her friend that we should probably have a go at this and goes down on her and her friend orgasms and goes to sleep. So she just picks up the phallus and decides to go for it. Go for it with that. Yep. Okay. Uh, and it's such a good love. Even that when she's frothing on the bed, I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> You're saying that Matt Damon's cock is very good for her to be like blam on there? Yeah. I mean, look, Especially it's I... not attached to anything else. It's just her hand, you know. Well, that's probably how it would work best. I mean, we don't know how she yeah. works as well as she does. Don't but it's not a vibrator, right? It's just, no, no, it's just a cock. Just a, yeah, it's a cock. I mean, to be fair, if, if I had Matt Damon's cock, it's going right in my ass. But <laughs> the... the <laughs> of course it is. Imagine if it was Henry Cavill's cock. Oh, my Forget God. About well, that'd be the end of the yeah, podcast. Exactly. Wayne wouldn't come out of his <laughs> exactly. room. Exactly. It's like, where's Wayne? I don't you know. know. Those, that, that Henry phenomenon. Cavill's dick fucked him up. <laughs>
You know that uh, that uh, phenomenon with Japanese kids uh, just shut themselves in their room and just game all the time and no, will not come out. And their parents can't get them out of their room, so they have to bring food to the door. And the light come on. It's called. It's got a yeah. name. That'd be you with yeah, Henry Cavill. I believe cop. so. I believe yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> Chick jokes are tight. All right. So um, yes. Uh, let me see. What else is on here? Um, so I thought that was bizarre. I mean, the rest of the film is meant to be their burgeoning relationship where. The, the very, very party hard girl sleeps with anything, cheats on ben the, the book Feldstein, smart girl, yeah. uh, Jonah Hill's sister. And then Is so, that Jonah Hill's sister? Pretty sure. Oh my God. Feldstein, yeah. I had no idea. Feldstein. She chases, basically ends up chasing them across the country with a very silly moment. Even the guy who gives them the drive-away car, he's just left on the floor. With the one funny line of the whole movie. That was the funny line. Why yeah. won't anyone help whatever his name yeah. is? Yeah. Like he refers to himself in third, third person, person, which is quite funny. But that was like... But it, we never see him again. So no, is the implication he died? Yeah. Like, I want better answers, Phil. That's right. And this is the problem with like Coen Brothers. And this is a kind of any art house film. It's all like, no, you will enjoy the experience. Or even if you don't enjoy the experience, you'll experience the experience. And that's enough for me. Well, it's not, motherfucker. I'm going to need some actual thing to hang on to and remember and laugh at here. And by the way, the, the psychedelic interstitial moments... That's eventually what they metamorphosize into. I'm not sure where the opening bits are. Matt Damon's, you know, remembering, dreaming about his when he's tripping balls, or it's just bullshit in the middle. But it eventually evolves into that. So I know I'm bouncing bouncing around here, but this film kind of does the same thing. No, it does the same thing, and I think that it, it's sort of intriguing to me when I see things like that on the screen, where it's like, so whose idea were these things, were these these transitions? Like, why did you think that would be a good idea, and did it kind of turn out the way you wanted to, or did it miss the mark? And that's why I didn't like it. So. And I think Margaret Qualley is a is a exceptionally exceptionally attractive woman. Yeah, gorgeous. And she has done some really great roles. Have you seen her before? Yeah, she's in heaps of stuff. She was in in uh, the Quentin Tarantino most recent film, uh, Hollywood thingy. Yeah, I can't remember the name, but that one. Yeah. Oh, is that her? She's the the, 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 the flower child who, who did the thing at Brad Pitt. Up, puts oh, she's on gorgeous. The, on the uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. She's been in a number of other things. She was in a recent it was on Netflix like a six part miniseries called Made. Okay. And she was very good in that. And Annie Dow's in that one as well. And then I saw her in a film last year, which B. Dizzle from the We Watch the Thing podcast fucking hates. It's called um, Sanctuary, where mm. she's playing like this dominant woman mm. in a relationship with a really rich CEO guy. I think I talked about it on Top 10 Last 10, played by Christopher Abbott. And it's just a, basically a one-two punch about them playing off each other when he's trying to get rid of her because now he's coming to being even more rich than he is. Mm. And she's not having a piece of it. And she's trying to sort That's of... Sanctuary? Yeah. Okay. And I thought she good? was good in that too. Look, you know, your mileage very in the end of the film is a bit weak, but I thought the overall thing was fine. Mm. So, yeah, I think she's got some acting chops and I think she's got a bright no, future ahead of her. No, she's great, yeah. But I she shat me it. in this movie. Did she shit you? Yeah, her character really shat me. Not because she's so devil uh, may liberal care. and devil may care, but it's just the way she spoke. I, I liked that. That's oh, the best thing about it. Look, honey bunch. Yeah, yeah I like oh, that. Fuck. I don't mind me. I don't mind me a little rough trade. I think that's the case. <laughs> rough, rough South South, south Trade, <laughs> Southern <Yeah>. Trade. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, like I think that's the thing. It's I was more I was more endeared to the one note bland Marion. Really, mm. she's the one I didn't like. Okay, okay there, there you go. go. Yep. The difference between the hosts, people. There, there you are. And look, and the film culminates in them managing to well, they go to sell the the penises back to Matt Damon, who mm -hmm. for a million dollars, who then tries to murder them, and of course, because that's what you would do as a senator of yes of I guess Florida. <laughs> you just surely you would. Hide. I mean, he did. He hired this other group who were all murdered, so maybe. He, he wouldn't have to pay them. They're all dead. Well, they said to him, "If you don't come alone, we'll know." Kind of thing. So he probably thought. Well, well yeah, but then if you if you're really just planning to then shoot them in an apparent robbery. Just do that first? Just, well, hire other people to do it. 
Surely yeah. one step further away. You already had people. You're right. He's probably just there himself and didn't want penises falling into the wrong hands. Um, which again is bollocks. By the way, didn't they shoot him in the chest when he hit the floor? It didn't look like he died, to be honest. No, he didn't. He's in the paper later on, so yeah. I can explain everything. So he That's fucking right. survived. He yep. probably wasn't even pissed. Anyway, it's weird. Uh, I don't care for it, Paul. Yeah, not much to me either. Wayne, what is your final score then for Driveway Dolls? And do you recommend it to any of our good, good listeners? 49, I do not. <laughs> 48. Oh, shit on me. There you go. We it's are a fail, almost, isn't it? Almost in lockstep. Yeah, yeah. disappointing. No, it's not It's not, any, it's not worth your time. We're on a bit of a bad roll here between Argyle, Madden Webb and this film. Can we pull it out? Or I say it's Hollywood's fault, Denis not ours. Villeneuve pull it out next week with June part two. Wayne is going to see it at the cinema. Mm-hmm. Thanks again to an advanced screen. Unfortunately, I can't make that one, so I'm going to go off and, and pay for it and see it in a normal human kind of way in a very packed first or second night. I'm not sure which yet. So I've already looked. I'm like, holy shit! There are so many seats already sold out on these screenings. So really? This is gonna be the first big hit, I think, of 2024. Stick around for that one, or join us again for that. Thank you so much for being here today to hear our thoughts on driveway dolls. And do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know via email at the countdown podcast at gmail.com on X at the countdown PC. You can like and follow the show on Podbean where we host, and then check out the website thecountdownpodcast.com for all things show related, including our Patreon links. And yeah, everything pretty much else. Oh yeah, and the Facebook listening community links in the show notes where we talk about all the stuff that we talk about on the show. Damn we, right. We find fine listeners and a great bunch of people that are there. That's it, Wayne. That's it. Thank you, folks. My name is Paul. My name's Wayne. And this has been the Soundboard. You're killing me, Smalls. Just uh, we'll catch you next time. See ya. <laughs>